rising up back on the street. We recorded this episode two weeks ago. I was supposed to edit it and post it last week, but it just didn't feel right. And still doesn't to post about something as trivial as our opinions on a game when the reality of racism and police brutality continue to impact so many people in this country. And when peaceful protests around the country continue to be met with exactly what they're speaking up against. But staying quiet didn't make much sense either. Regardless of how small of a platform that we might have, we need to use it to announce that the four of us believe in the Black Lives Matter movement. And we know that the systemic racism and police brutality in this country must be addressed and fixed. We're working on coming up with a few ideas on how we can do our part to move the needle. And we hope you'll join us in this journey. But in the interim, you'll post some links to resources on how you can help bring about change and long overdue reforms. Thank you for listening, and I'll return us to some escapism entertainment for now. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dakpack Holmes. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Hey, hey. Bill Martin. Glad to be back. And I'm hoping Mr. Nicholas Entrieri, who just texted me that he's running late, will be on shortly. So, guys, uh, we are back after probably uh, what some people would call a hiatus, a hiatus that started before the current pandemic. Um, so what happened in 2019-2020 season? Marshall, what do you think happened? <laughs> did we, did we, I, th- I think that Nick had twins, but I'm not going to blame him for it because I was just as much busy with uh, my little guy. And I think life just got in the way a little bit. But uh, we were able to do the preseason episode with Spiker, but then kind of f- fell off. Yeah, uh, I mean, we can't really blame quarantine because that hadn't happened yet. And that actually probably would have made it easier to record. Um, yeah, I mean, life happens, but hopefully we'll we'll be coming back to our listeners in a semi-regular fashion going forward. Yeah, and what better time? Because I think uh, with everybody stuck inside the home, I think they, what they'd love to hear is more of our voices. So absolutely, it's a perfect time. I, I see Nick's hope- joined. I just hope there's a season to be able to talk about. <laughs> what's up? Yeah, it, what's up, Nick? Uh, is, is it going to be a, a more exciting season or a less exciting season from a podcasting standpoint if there's nobody in the stands? Isn't that going to be about the same? I don't know. I think we would have less topics maybe to talk about because, you know, one of our topics tends to be how many people Dakback brought to the game. And I don't think we'd be able to bring that up anymore. <laughs> At least there'd be an excuse for uh, empty stands. <laughs> I don't think uh, the crowd size is going to be a factor in a lot of games. I think this this actually helps the Drexel basketball team. Uh, I, I, our concern has always been that uh, you know we we don't bring people enough people to the game. Now nobody can. No no more fans from uh, you know Ball State or where, not Ball State. What was the Bowling Green State? That's uh, you know bringing in more fans than Drexel when they come to Drexel to play. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's going to be a point at which this kind of passes and people start to feel comfortable going out and being within six feet of each other and not wearing a mask. And who knows when that'll be. But when that happens, I actually do think that as it relates to college life uh, for students and just something uh, for people to latch on to, even for alums, uh, that 
something like Drexel basketball for those of us that care will be important. But I think there's also going to be an opportunity to, uh, to get some of those people who kind of follow the program from afar and kind of use it as a reset. Um, obviously that's low on the grand picture of importance as it relates to a global pandemic. But I do think that as recovery starts to happen, that, uh, that we're not trying to fill a 20,000 seat arena. We're trying to fill a 2,500 seat arena. Uh, and I think that we can, uh, with the right approach, uh, kind of get back to that. And I think a lot of it, and we're going to talk about what the team, uh, looks like, I think a little bit, uh, going forward, but having, uh, having an exciting team for people to follow, will go into that. Uh, and as it always is part of the mix. Just like us, it seemed like last year was an interesting season for uh, Drexel. Uh, we had pretty good pre-CAA play, but once we got to the CAA, our expectations were not definitely met. And what do you think happened there, Bill? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think the team is, 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 a, is a talented enough team that we could have won a lot more games last year, but... What did we lose? At one point, I think we lost um, 10 out of 11 games um, going into the CA tournament. Uh, I don't know how that happens. I mean, uh, there was some questionable decision-making as far as player personnel that, that uh, I think led to some of the losses. Uh, particularly, I didn't like uh, Mateo Kroos always being put on their best guy, which is like Grant Riller at times or you know someone who... He couldn't quite keep up with, but I, I mean, I don't think that was the sole reason we were losing, but I just think there was some questionable decisions being made that I think cost us a bunch of games at the end. I mean, there's no, there's no reason why we should have finished that poorly um, with the players that we had last year. Yeah. I, I think le- uh, the first, I think the first three games, we, uh, I think we lost a temple to start and we had two home games, which we won. And I think we did a, a recording that has gotten now lost in the ether right after that second victory, and we were all pretty positive. We all thought that this was an exciting team to watch. We had players that I think were playing with a lot of, uh, that had a lot of length. Uh, We had our freshmen were kind of coming around already two games in, or three games in, and there seemed to be a lot of hope. And I'd say that continued for the most part until we got to the CAA tournament, uh, not CAA tournament, the CAA games. and then we didn't seem to be able to shrink together or anything. Uh, well, even early on, we, we had success. Like, I remember homecoming, we destroyed William & Mary, who was... Yeah, that's true. ...who looked like the clear favorite in the CAA at that point. Uh, and obviously, that game started to cause a little bit of a fall-off on their part, but they were still a good team. And then it was really after that for us that we fell off a cliff. Yeah, and decision-making... There's some personnel meld, I think, melding that struggled during the entire season. There were some players that looked amazing in some games uh, and uh, were missing in action completely in others. And uh, overall, I think we didn't seem to get that. Did you guys agree that we didn't seem to get a good starting five going or a go-to player other than maybe... I mean, Cam Winner. Yeah. yeah. But Bill, there were times during the season I think you were calling for Cam to be even more aggressive because of his ability to create his own shot. I think he has that little uh, drive to the top of the lane and, and hit that jumper. Yeah, especially early in the season, I felt like he wasn't aggressive enough, and then actually he got more aggressive, and we started 
Uh, I mean, it, it didn't end up in, in the best results for us, but I mean, he was pretty efficient. I thought he shot the ball really well. Um, he, he did all the right things. I, I do think we, we didn't have a consistent second guy who can go get his own shot. I mean, James Butler does what James Butler does. I mean, he's going to get you pretty much a double double, um, every night, which is very nice, but he's, he's not, um, I'd say a big time scorer at times. Um, he kind of does his work and scores off rebounds and an occasional post bucket, but not that often. But other than that, there just wasn't the consistency. I mean, Walton's up and down. Um, Okros would disappear for certain games. I mean, he's only a freshman too. Uh, Yurich is more of a defensive player. You know, Sam Green would hit an occasional open three. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's a couple of players I would have liked to see more of that we didn't. Um, I think Coltrane and uh, especially Bickerstaff, I think, could have been utilized a little bit more um, to give us some offensive punch. Um, but I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of them next year and go from there. Yeah, and, and the, going into probably the CAA tournament in Washington, D.C., our expectations, even though we finished eighth in the league going in, uh, to the tournament, I think we still had a little bit of hope that this team could come together. And the first game, we looked pretty good. I think Coltrane had some big threes. And then, as expected, we didn't do too great in the second game. So, uh, I mean, any, uh, any other expectations? Our expectations clearly weren't met for this season, but any other thoughts on the tournament itself and our you know, last time we were all out together? I mean, I think that the tournament, uh, what we saw there was, I remember the first game against Wilmington, I Pretty sure Cam had a big game. Um, I think I saw him step up more defensively than he normally would do in a game. And honestly, I think it burned him out a little bit for the second game. Uh, I mean, the man plays pretty much the entire game uh, and playing both sides of the ball, uh, having a lot of responsibilities, I think, um, led to him not playing as well uh, against Wilmington or against um, uh, against Hofstra. Um but yeah, I mean, but he can't be expected to do it all. But I mean, my, my expectations for the tournament weren't very high. I mean, we have the talent. I think we always have like a an optimism going into the game, into the tournament, uh, at least most years, uh, thinking that the team is talented and can possibly make a run. Um, but I mean, in, in in reality here, this this team just couldn't put it together for a long period of time, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. Whether it's a little bit of youth or a little bit of coaching. I'm not sure exactly, but um, yeah, I, I expected us to win that first game and not do much else, especially playing Hofstra. Yeah, and the Hofstra even we held our own the first half over there. You know, we were really down three going into the second half, but the second half we kind of uh, really couldn't uh, do, keep them from scoring 36 points, and that made all the difference. So, I mean, it, I don't think it's being able to keep them from scoring. I, I, I think I'm generally fine if we're allowing a team to, especially a team like Hofstra, to score 36 points and a half. We've got to be able to score more than 21 and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were we were ice cold. I mean, there wasn't not a lot of players played well, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, even Cam was definitely. I, man, I forgot. I guess Cam didn't have any points that game. Cam didn't have any points. I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, he was 0 for 8, 0 for 4 from three. No foul shots. Oh man. Two rebounds wow. and assists. You weren't kidding, Bill. He was definitely gassed after that. I mean, I I, rem- I remember thinking he was gassed, and the team didn't have a lot of turnaround from the night before. Yep. 
That's true. Uh, the playing game. And I, I remember specifically in the first game, he had just picked up his defensive intensity. Like he really wanted to win that game. And I, I just think it, it burned him out. I mean, he still played 39 minutes, but he just didn't quite look like himself. Yeah. I think even the shots that I remember taking, they were, I think they were falling like short, like off the front of the rim, which is just a sign of uh, tired legs. And I'm not going to crucify the guy for having a bad game, especially after he, was pretty much the reason we won that first game. Uh, I, I actually wasn't able to be at that first game against UNCW because uh, there was the conflict with scheduling where the women were playing their regular season finale uh, and actually ended up winning the uh, CAA regular season title, which would kind of go on to be the <laughs> only uh, title that the women's side of the basketball handed out that year um, in the CAA. Uh, and it coincidentally ended up being Denise's last game. But what was nice was being able to uh, catch that game and then with the tournament being in D.C., uh, driving down with Anthony to uh, to be able to catch that Hofstra game, even though it was a loss. Yeah, no, that was uh, bad bad uh, scheduling for sure. And uh, But I was glad you were able to make it down for the Hofstra game after at least some positive, positive results over there. Yeah, and, and, and I criticize the CAA on a lot of things, but I think they have the location and building finally right for, for where the CAA is now uh, and, uh, and the people who come to the tournament, I think that size building is perfect for now. Um, I think even through the, the finals uh, there wasn't great attendance, but I think if the CAA can figure out the other things that it needs to do, it can fill a building like that. And then you've got a good problem to figure out of how, okay, how do we, uh, how do we get more people coming? But I wouldn't change the location at all from D.C. I think that's perfectly central for all of the teams that uh, that are in the conference. Yeah, D.C., the drive was great. I think that's like the location itself uh, from the stadium or standpoint was very good. I didn't particularly care for it being right next to, a, I think, a decommissioned old mental institution, which was a little interesting. But uh, I think they're redeveloping the that whole thing. Yeah, they are. They're making it into very posh apartments. Mm-hmm. Used to hold, uh, you know, the mentally ill, and now they'll be hipsters. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, what a free sorry, legal services. Was it free? Oh, no. The paid, <laughs> the legal. They have some legal advice in D.C. that you can I'm you can I'm, I'm pretty sure the place was called oh. Street Lawyer <laughs> oh, right. Services. SLS is the abbreviation. And... Uh, Washington, D.C., you know, you can buy coupons for future uh, legal services that you may need to have. And we'll put a link in our show notes about that uh, for for people that want to look into it. I wonder if they do also street uh, legal services delivery now in the pandemic situation. (laughs) Delivery services. I'd be curious. (laughs) Street legal delivery services. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing a D in there. (laughs) But jumping on to uh, maybe the roster departures. Uh, How's, I think Kirk Lee going out in the beginning of the season definitely didn't help Cam because then Cam had to pretty much play every minute of every game. Matei's good for what Matei is good is good for, but we needed Kirk, I think, last year. Even though he might not have wanted to be in that team where he was uh, not the number one point guard. Uh, so, any thoughts on Kirk, guys? Like, I think Spiker personally messed up um, in this situation. I mean, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but. I mean, Kirk was basically getting no minutes um, at the beginning of the season. Maybe he was getting two or three. 
I think that led to his departure. I mean, this is a guy who was, you know, starting um, his freshman year, playing every game, went through some injury problems, comes back, and now he's off the bench and he's barely playing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think if um, if he uh, if he would have played him a little bit more, maybe he sticks around and maybe that the burn off a of cam and gives us another guy who can create his own his own shot. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that one's on Spiker a little bit. I, I really wish he would have gave him more PT and we would have saw him more. But um, that was costly for the season for us. Did you guys miss Kirk, uh, Marshall, or Nick? Or were you guys fine with uh, Cam being the number one and only point guard? I mean, certainly fine with Cam being the number one. Um, you never want to lose depth uh, like that, especially during the season when you can't replace it. If he had transferred in the off season and we had a chance to replace him, uh, that would have been better. Uh, I think we were all kind of surprised that it happened during the season too, given that it sounded like at the time that his career would be over. But it's, uh, I guess he's since gotten some kind of hardship. Who knows how... I, I certainly don't understand how college basketball operates anymore when it comes to eligibility and waivers and all of that. It seems like you can play until you're well into your 30s uh, if you want to transfer every year now. So, uh, I mean, happy for the kid that he gets another year, I guess, but it, it certainly didn't help us. Um, but who knows, maybe it helped in the long run of getting some other guys uh, playing time that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah. And and I think that was a bit more unexpected one. I think we were all kind of expecting some folks to leave after the season. Jarvis Dolds comes as no surprise, at least to me. I, I hope he, you know, finds greener pastures. But he was a player that always looked like he should be better when he was out there, but uh, never really quite panned out for us. And I guess there's a question around where Sam Green, why isn't he in the game, Bill, can now rest easy because he's not going to be at Drexel, at least. I mean, I think both Sam and Jarvis um, kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, I think there's some young, talented guys on the team who are going to demand more minutes next year. So I think even though Sam was starting this year, his minutes would have diminished him. And Doles, I don't really know what his role was to begin with. Um, he had flashes uh, where he looked really good for a game or two, uh, and then he would just completely disappear other games and and then obviously he was injured, but um, yeah, I mean, I wish those guys nothing but the best. I hope they uh, end up somewhere where they can get some minutes. Uh, Sam Green, I think, so he's already ended up at Howard, I believe. Um, Jarvis and Kirk, I haven't seen any landing spots for them, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think those losses are going to hurt us for next year. Do we have a uh, podcast? I bet we have if we search the archives. Somewhere where Bill mentions that Kirk Lee is probably like the going to be the greatest point guard in Drexel history after that rookie year he had. I bet you we have that somewhere. We dig it up. I, I think if you go back to the rookie of the year discussion, there's probably a lot of uh, hyperbole. Yeah, I think Bill was talking about uh, how he was can... player of the year, and hmm. um, it's been. To be fair, there's probably a Bill I, comment I... about that for every single Drexel player. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I, I don't know. I think last – You can even try to try to dig through the archives. Now, go ahead. Spend your time. Listen I'm to just saying that probably is. I'm going to – I think I'm going to just uh, take the high-level Anyone can speculate on these types of things. based on your typical yeah. take on, on the, the optimistic spin. 
Um, just thought I'd, th- thought I'd throw that out there. We we should have a corner for Bill, just called the Optimism Corner, and just hand it off to Bill and be. I want Bill to kind of give like a two minute speech on which player is going to be the best player this week going forward. Sounds and like I think every player will get a shot at it, but I can't. I I want Bill to remain positive, though. I, I don't like you guys beating the positivity out of Bill. He, I think this was probably <laughs> the season going into the CAA tournament. Bill was the least optimistic, and I know I, I can't. I can't take Bill without optimism for Drexel basketball. That is not a Bill I want to be around. I mean, these 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 jokers aren't going to take my optimism away. It's the the team. If the team's not winning, though, the, the optimism goes. And uh, I, I can't even coming up for this upcoming season. I mean, we should, with who we have coming back, be very good. But uh, I'm going to temper my optimism until we actually start Whoa. winning games because this, this is happen. what I was worried about. Up until this point, exactly what I was worried about, guys. You've got, you guys have gone and done it. Do you, You've tempered Bill's optimism. I, I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to temper Bill's yeah. optimism. I, I was just, we, we, I, I personally love Bill's optimism. I, I think without it, we're all just sad individuals. But um, <laughs> I just couldn't. I just, I just, you know, I just, uh, call me the dick. I'm the dick of the group. But I just thought it was funny to point out. I mean, we 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 do I call you that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I still personally think Kirkley did get a little bit of a raw hand. I think he could have been a better player here. Um, I don't know if I ever said anything about him being the greatest point guard in the history of Drexel, um, but I think he could have been better. I mean, circumstances just didn't quite work out for him. With you know Isabel coming in, the guy's a superstar, and they kind of clash. Next year we get Cam Winner. Cam Winner's you know just uh, another. Uh, top level point guard that we uh, they'll probably go to. He'll probably go down as one of the best we've had. I think actually is uh, Drexel. There it is. So you can <laughs> you can dig that up. You can okay. dig that up later. At least from a Put statistical a perspective. Put a pin in that one. Yeah. I mean, if we don't win, if we don't if we don't win anything, I mean, I, I doubt it'll be looked at that way. But um, but from a statistical point so of view, so you're saying Cam is going to be one of the best Drexel point guard in Drexel history? Saying no. it now? No. So what no, are you I saying? Say one up. One up. He'll be up. Okay, one of like he'll be ten up. of the best. Yeah, he'll be up there statistically. He'll be one of the best three. Oh, for sure, for sure. Top, probably top five. I would say. I mean, statistically, if you look, if you're going to look at his stats, he's going to be in the in the top five. Top sure. five. Okay. All right. So moving on. Picnic's taking to, to the right. Okay, you can take a note of that. We, we're we're a little tight on time today, so I'm going to keep us moving. I think the one other topic we wanted to cover a little bit today was the new recruits. So. Uh, you know, I'm not the expert here, so I'll hand it off to the recruit recon alum, Bill Martin over here. I mean, I mean, basically, we we got a JUCO point guard. Um, he'll be coming as a junior, I believe. His name's Chuka Meckham. Um, he's basically going to back up Cam. Um, maybe play a little off the ball. I've only watched one of his games so far, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to watch a couple more and get a more detailed analysis here, but. Um, I think it, the the coaching staff was really looking to find a backup for Cam, uh, seeing how exhausted he was probably towards the end of that year, uh, last year. So um, they have been looking for someone to, to fill this role. We missed out on a D2 transfer, who I think ended up at ODU. Um, so And we ended up with uh, this kid out of uh, junior college. So uh, his primary role is going to be backup Cam and – and maybe play off the ball a little bit. He can shoot three from statistically. He's like a 36% uh, 
three-point shooter. So um, maybe you can play him off the ball a little bit too. Uh, and we have a couple other recruits too, right? Bill, this is just the most recent one that we know of. Yeah, that, that that's that's the most yep. recent one. I mean, we got um, the three other guys. We have Lamar Odin, uh, Xavier Bell, and Amari Williams. Um, we have more time in another podcast. I'll I'll deep dive into those guys if you. Yeah, want. I want to know yeah. on the next episode how they're each going to rank on Drexel's all time list. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say that right up front, but hey. I'll do my best. Who you who are you gonna miss most, Nick? Jarvis or Sam? That's a tough one. Um, I think that I, Sam. I don't know what Sam did. I mean, Sam was I guess a good three point shooter, but he uh, he played like just this past year. I I guess Jarvis. I don't think Jarvis showed some flashes two years ago, and then he got hurt, and I guess he got passed by from a couple guys. So, is it possible he, he could have been really good? But I think he had mentally wasn't able to focus in my mind my, my, my observer third party observer in the stands take was he was not able to mentally focus consistently but he had he had the tool set from a, from a, he was tall long he could shoot a little bit um i liked some of the defense he played a couple years ago but uh i don't sam just shot threes that's all i really saw sam actually contributed though i mean vajar was barely there i mean sam at least averaged about you know, five a game or something gave us some open threes and started some ball games. Bill, are you are, are you arguing? Are you I mean, taking Jarvis the counterpoint, Bill? Is it because I brought up you? You're a little are you <laughs> yeah, a little cornery because I brought up your optimism? No, it's just a bad take. So I figured I'd uh, I'd talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with you coming at me. It's just a, it's a terrible take. So. Here, sense of retaliation. Uh, you can sense it. You can sense it all you'd like, but when it comes down to it, it's just a terrible take, and it needs to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, that's it. I mean, Sam actually contributed. Jarvis didn't. Uh, I didn't think Jarvis was really a great defensive player. He couldn't move his feet fast enough. He wasn't strong enough to play in the post. Uh, he didn't really have a role. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, honestly, but like, like, I like said, the mystery box. Like, go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, the mystery box is always is always nice. Uh, I'll give him that. Marshall, who are you going to miss most? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to to say I'm going to miss any of these guys. Um, as much as some of the other players who have transferred out in other years. Uh, I was also really high on Jarvis. I had bill level optimism for him when he was coming in as a freshman. Uh, so I'll miss him in, in that sense. Uh, and so Jamie couldn't quite live up to uh, those expectations, whether they were right or wrong. Um, I think Sam was obviously the most useful for the team lately, but I'm generally okay with, uh, with him transferring out and, opening up a spot for some of these guys coming in. So um, really there's, there's no one that I'm terribly upset that we're losing. Oh, two people and no takers for Sam green, man. I think I'm going to miss Sam, especially, you know, he had the keys. You guys keep missing the keys, the keys, <laughs> the keys, the keys. Uh, anything else you guys want to cover before we wrap up over here? I think we're going to try and do a recording uh, talking about how the women's season went out, me and uh, some of the other guys who follow that program closely. Um, obviously, big news with Denise uh, making yeah. a move that everyone kind of expected, but no one wanted to admit was probably going to happen, taking the job at her alma mater, Villanova. Um, but the best possible outcome of that was us getting – Amy Mallon to be uh, her succeeding. Is that the way? I'm, is that the right way to use that word? 
the next in line. Yeah, her successor. Her successor, guess, that's the word I'm yep. looking for yep. um, as head coach. And I think that's going to be great for program continuity and uh, keep the winning going. It's, it's a shame that their season ended the way it did with a number one seed, but not even being able to play out their tournament because uh, they they had a chance to... I think a couple of the players, had they won that tournament uh, and won a game in the NCAA, which actually some people were predicting they could have, could have been the first 100-win group of seniors at, uh, at Drexel. So it's a shame, but oh. kind of a life learning experience for all of them and another thing for Drexel fans to point to as the most tortured fan base in, in college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from you guys? Oh, Nick or Bill? The only thing I, I wanted to mention too, the the schedule hasn't fully come out yet, but I think we have, assuming the season takes place, we have, we'll have the season's going to open up in Rhode Island, um, which I think could be a good game. And I think we play at Pitt as well. Um, so we've got some big games on the schedule. Um, so hopefully we have a season. I'm pretty pumped about that pit game. My brother went to pit, so I think that'll be a lot of a lot of bets being placed on that one. Capel is the coach of pit. Another familiar name for uh, Drexel Drexel fans from back in the day. Was so that hopefully. VCU? Yeah, back in VCU. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the season. Need some sports, man. Getting you through the pandemic with Drexel basketball. <laughs> what? <laughs> But nobody realized they always wanted. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the uh, the vaccine. Listening to this podcast, we we haven't tried it out yet, so we can't say that it's not. Well, if you if you fall into a perpetual sleep, like Sleeping Beauty, then you don't have to work. You can probably wake up after the pandemic. So, well, yeah, I would say just take this this podcast, inject it directly <laughs> into yourself. Sure. It's probably less harmful than than some other things that people have been recommending. <laughs>